0: Hey, I'm uh, Forrest Campbell. I'm 48 years old. I am a husband, father. I had a spinal cord injury in March of 2015, and I sustained um, a broken neck at the C6-7 level. Well, downhill skiing, actually. Um, One of my ex-favorite sports. Yeah, I've got two two sons, 17 and 14. Um, Lovely wife, Cassie. Um, who's an amazing person? Uh, and yeah, that's Forrest.
1: For the people who are listening through our podcast, uh, we're doing a Have the Nerve short series where we've got a From the Internet, Get to Know Your Body, and then something to think about. So today we're joined by Forrest. We're going to be talking about some, a conversation that you and I had very briefly before we actually got onto the recording the importance of of carers that are actually properly supported when their spouses, partners, um, whoever sustain a spinal cord injury. From your perspective, what was your experience as somebody who was watching their wife become their carer at the same time? Um, And how was the support for her?
0: Well, I mean, it was when I had my accident, it was completely life changing for for our whole family. Um, You know, I went from being, the, the main breadwinner in the family um, and I used to be an electrician by trade. So I was running my own company, working, you know, five, six days a week, um, being active with the children, getting out, doing things all the time and having that physical presence around the house. Um, after my injury, obviously that ceased um, and that landed all on pretty much my wife's shoulders. Especially all the physical stuff around the house. I mean, we were living in Canada at the time, so shoveling snow, anything like that. Luckily, we had really good neighbors that came and helped us out. But what really I saw was the biggest one of the biggest downfalls is as people with injuries, we are given an incredible amount of supports, pre or post post injury, um, physios, occupational therapists, um, doctors, anybody that you need. You can, it's, they're right there. And I really found that there was, I saw a huge gap in the support for the family of people who've had spinal cord injuries. You know, it's taken a few years, you know, probably maybe even longer to actually be able to pull my head out and realize that there was so much effort put in by family and they never had the support I did they were supported themselves. Um, and I feel like there's a gap in the system there where family, uh, even friends, um, you know, of people with spinal cord injury, traumatic injuries, um, have some support. Because
1: you're entering into a, a whole new life, right? And so you're talking about how your wife is shoveling snow out the front of your house and taking on a lot of the physical um, stuff that you were taking on. Was there anything actually on offer? at the time?
0: Well, when I had my injury, I was in Canada, um, Mm. skiing there. And when I had, I was helicoptered off the ski hill to a local um, hospital and then from there ambulance to a major center where I had all my surgeries and everything. Um, but there really wasn't anything to help with the family. Like, um, there's no, um, you know psychology there is no i mean there were there were some people there that were you know quote unquote supposed to support um but their idea of support was you know bringing in a shitty piece of cup of coffee and hmm. going here you go and walking out the door you know there wasn't really any any true support where um they felt comfortable or peer support even like other people that had been in the same situation it just wasn't anything and i saw my wife slowly but surely become just really really upset she just didn't have the the support there that she needed and neither did my kids like the the two boys they they were just as you know they were so young they like my youngest was probably five when that happened um and it was really hard on him because he didn't understand why dad couldn't go out and go biking with them anymore or take them to the hockey rink and skate around like he just they didn't understand and there's nobody there to to help them and now years down the road once you know you're able to actually have a real conversation with your children there's all these gaps that they bring up and it's just like why why wasn't there something there for them
1: did your wife uh, and yourself have a conversation about like a, a frank conversation about the struggles and like, did did you go and try and find people in, in, in similar situations or anything like that, independent of any, you know, doctor or whatever trying to help you?
0: I mean, there is a there is a peer community of, you know, people with spinal cord injuries in canada as well similar to the spinal cord injuries australia here you know there's always you know one or two people that you can you can talk to um, other family members that have had similar situations um but i mean it's always a little bit different like every situation is going to be a bit different so some of the people that i was in my rehab center with were one was a young guy he's only 18 at the time so it wasn't the same like we became friends with his mom and dad um, but it wasn't the same, you know, situation where it's you know a husband, and now this wife has been sort of left to fend for everybody um, in the family, and she really takes took it on the on the chin and, and made it so that you know nothing happened, which is absolutely commendable. Like she worked her butt off for that many years, and, and still does to this day. Um, but I think having some sort of structure there for people the family um would have been really helpful uh looking back in the past and i still see it today there's a a huge gap in in the in the care for people about you know in family of people with spinal cord injury
1: there are millions of unpaid carers in australia and by unpaid carers they can be family members they can be people who aren't formally paid for for the care work that they do because it's family related usually there's a lot of people that uh will suggest things like maybe you can go to a group online or maybe there's something online did you try did you and your family try to find a community uh online and if so how how good was it and You know what what do you what were your thoughts
0: well when we were in in north america my wife did find a bit of a community online and it was horrible it was it was horrible they just peg hold themselves into you know being this care person and that's what everything is about and the individual is lost do you know what i mean like so she did reach out to these that group of people. And it just, it wasn't the right place for her. She didn't feel comfortable because they had different views on what their life was going to look like. You know, they were in it for the long run. They didn't care. Um, and they would sacrifice them their own personalities and selves to be, uh, the wife. And that's what the t-shirt was, the wife, uh, you know? And so it wasn't supportive. There really wasn't anything else like mainstream, like, Everything else was like, oh, go see your GP. He'll get you set up with a, you know, a, a psychologist. Um, but at that, you know, you go see your GP and you get this random psychologist that has no idea. It became really frustrating because she would go and she'd see somebody or a peer mentor or something. And they, and she'd come back and go, they have no idea what I'm talking about. There's no commonality. There's no um, lived experience, I guess would be the, the word. Um, So when we actually, when we moved to Australia in 2019, she did actually reach out to Spinal Cord Injuries Australia, um, looking for unpaid carer support. There really wasn't anything there either. Um, Unfortunately, uh, there is a bit of a gap there as well. I mean, there's lots of great services for people with physical disability, um, through that, through Spinal Cord Injuries Australia. Um, and I know that there's the intention to have, uh, that sort of service there. Um, but it just hasn't come to um, something that's tangible yet.
1: When I think about your story, a couple of things here. So one, the psychological support that you, that was provided for your wife, it wasn't like the psychologist really had that experience. So it was based on something they weren't really experienced in. And then when you're trying to look for a community that's even online, um, you come up against either the community is really hard to find or the community that is already there, the entire identity, it didn't seem like it was about, hey, um, I uh, am the wife or a girlfriend of somebody with a disability, and I am also this person, this person, this person, this person. So, you know, whatever kind of identity that she has was almost like they didn't want to talk about it.
0: Like, I mean, when we were in the rehab facility, there was... Psychologist. There was a psychologist, um, <laughs> and she came in and um, saw us while we were together in the rehab facility. Um, and literally, it was like she jumped up and ran away, and we never saw her again. And we were like, "Well, we're just expressing our, you know, our concerns." Was
1: so it too real for? Oh, her?
0: much too real. It was like, oh. like I, I we we really had to question the, the managerial part of them, of that rehab facility. Cause we're like, why do you have a, a psychologist that has no backbone? You know what I mean? Like <laughs> really? Like she was this lady that did not expect, you know, us to, to actually, you know, give her the real deal and not just like sugarcoat everything. Um, so that was unfortunate for sure there. Um, it is a massive change in, in lifestyle, having um, somebody in your family become injured and have a spinal cord injury. Um, but I don't think that that should peg all you into automatically being the wife or the carer or anything like that. Um, luckily, here in in Australia with the NDIS system, um, you, we're able to get care as they come in and take that pressure off. But the only problem being is now that leaves this gap in um, my wife's you know life where she's been that full-time steady person in my life as the unpaid carer Um, and now she's like well what do I do so that's the next stage where again there could be some support um, from other people to go okay so what do I do now you know now that everything is settled out like, how do I find myself again? Like, cause that's, that's what it is. It's when people always have to have, you know, themselves as well as, you know, every, you know, talking and dealing with family members as well. Like you can't just have no self. You know, I see a lot of times wives or girlfriends or of people with spinal cord injury, they become so involved that they don't have their own life anymore, life outside of injury, which is super important and needs to be encouraged and i think by having a group of um, folks out there of spouses or family even like good friends like i've you know some place where they can go and just ask a few questions where they're not um Um, when people are going well i've no i don't understand um would be so helpful so actually (laughs) some good news is Throughout these conversations, my wife is actually starting up um, a bit of a website space for folks to just jump on a website, be able to ask questions, and have non-judgmental answers put back towards them, and just um, being there as as peer support, purely peer support from lived experience, not from a doctor's point of view, not from anybody else's point of view, just from lived experience
1: well it's got to be weird right so if you're a partner of somebody who has just sustained a disability and you love them there are days where it's going to be low the person you're talking to is the person that you live with so like i completely understand um if there are people out there who have you know who feel like they have no choice but to offload their feelings onto the person that they are caring for and then you as the person who's being looked after feels well maybe it's just me or a select group but I feel guilt.
0: 100 percent because they don't have anybody else to talk to you know we're partners in life Um, we've made that commitment to each other and when there's nobody out there that conversation goes in between each other so what happens then is yeah guilt, resentment, all of those sort of things start to happen because there's no place for the spouse to, you know, talk to somebody about this, get it off their chest, make them feel like there's somebody else that's out there listening. Um, It's, it needs to be, and it doesn't even have to be a psychologist. It's just somebody to listen to them with a similar background, similar knowledge, simple like empathy. Just having, Sometimes you don't need solutions. No, you just need somebody to listen to you um, and tell you that, you know, things are going to be okay. You know, and you're not the only one going through this, this process. Because I think that was one thing with my wife is she was like, am I the only one going through this? Because she had such a hard time re- finding anybody else in similar situations that um, that it was really difficult for her. Um, so she felt she was very isolated. It's been hard to see her struggle with that over the years, for sure.
1: Yeah, because, I mean, even even from a carer perspective of somebody who is any, any family member at all and any situation, you know, the pressure on you to be able to take on everything becomes so real, and you get in your head so severely, it wouldn't surprise me if even if you you are a super a superhero and you're doing everything you can for everybody in your, in your wife's situation, it's you, your two sons, it's her, and it's the house, and it's like working, and it's all this other stuff, right? For a lot of people, it could be that they feel like they're not doing enough when they're already doing heaps,
0: if not more. Well, the list never ends, right? Yeah, the list never ends. And so... She's constantly, you know, try to paint the house and, you know, cook dinner for the kids and myself as well, because I do need a bit of a hand when it comes to that sort of things. Um, and it gets overwhelming for her. It just gets to the point where, you know, there's so many things that she sees around that need to be done. Um, it, it turns into an overwhelm and things just, it'll, it'll end up making her shut down. I think what should have happened is there should have been someone when we got to the hospital in, in Calgary that's where it was after the accident and the long um, crazy ambulance ride in there um, uh, it would have been really nice to actually have like a support team for family already set up briefed ready to go um, rather than having somebody who is on call came in because we showed up there late at night with the ambulance um, this peer, peer support person or support person came in. It was 2 in the morning. They didn't want to be there. Um, they offered my wife a cup of black coffee from powdered coffee. Um, and they should have had somebody there that was, like, on board. Do you know what I mean? Like, that had some sort of actual um, want to be there or, you know, care, I think is what it was. Um, and I think it was really just a lack of of knowledge on everybody's part what what was actually happened like um and then once we made it from like acute from like icu intensive care into you know more the rehab facility we were actually hoping that you know they'd have internal psychology and and a team that of other people that we could reach out to to um to get tricks and tips and you know things like that to make the transition a little bit more easy and there wasn't anything there they they hadn't even thought about it and so in a perfect world having that um involved in the in the rehab situation would be incredibly good um because a lot of that support in the rehab is all about the injured person as i was saying earlier um, so at the same time as you know, the injured person is getting all the support they need, the family needs it just as much.